Praise the Lord. Uh, but, but Jesus again, we are going through the book of Romans chapter 8. Like I said, this Romans chapter 8 is very deep and strong. And a lot of Bible verses that you should try to memorize in Romans chapter 8 just for your own use. From verse 1, we talk about there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. You can confess that always anytime there is a feeling of condemnation or a feeling of inferiority that you can't ask this type of thing from God. You are this, you are that, you used to be this, you used to be that. You just tell yourself and tell the air, tell it into the air, sometimes tell the devil. Sometimes tell the friends that uh, the devil is using that, oh, I used to be a sinner, but I'm no more a sinner. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. There's never no condemnation for me because I walk in the Spirit. So what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Apostle Paul explains that in verse 9. That you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And the Spirit of God dwells in you once you have been born again. Once you have a new recreated spirit by a born again experience, Holy Ghost is deposited in you. And the Spirit of God is dwelling in you. So you are now adopted as children of God. So you should be bold to come before the throne of grace and ask whatever you desire and God will grant it to you. Don't be under any condemnation in your mind anymore. Because the devil has already been condemned. The devil that is bringing that condemnation is defeated by the Lord Jesus Christ. And we went further, he said in verse 18, where we actually stopped in last time, that we should... He said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We describe that glory that Adam lost something in the Garden of Eden, which is the glory of God. A light covering, almost like electric bulb as it's glowing. We are to glow like that. And our Lord Jesus Christ is already in that glory. When he appeared before on the road to Damascus, before Apostles Paul, when he was still persecuting the believers, Christ appear to him in a ball of light. It's a light covering but it's actually coming from the inside. That is the glory that Adam lost. That's why when they, when that thing was quenched, they were naked. But that was the glory God gave to man in the first place. God created man in his image. And the light was the covering for God. So he, 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 he covered that life. He covered himself like with light as with a garment. That was what he gave to Adam. Adam lost it because when they sinned and disobeyed, the light was quenched like a living thing. Almost like when you turn off electricity from a bulb, from an electric bulb. So that bulb becomes like almost naked. You can touch it with your hand now. That was what happened to mankind. But now God has planned through the Lord Jesus Christ to restore us back to that glory. That's why he said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, this glory is, going, is being restored. Christ is now in that glory and is going to bring many more sons unto glory. So that is our final state. When we are born, when we are saved, we are saved, that are born again, that will be our final state. When Christ shall come, we shall be glowing like a ball of light like that individually. And that's why Apostle Paul is saying in verse 18 of Romans chapter 8 that whatever we are suffering right now, in this present time, in this process of preparing us for this thing, he said, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So remember that glory and long for it. And hanging there with God. That's how we have to persevere. That's why he said, he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. There may be a lot of struggle just to keep yourself holy, just to keep yourself right. But it's worth it all. That's why Apostle Paul is saying, the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Whatever we are suffering, even the persecution that will come in the end by the Antichrist, whatever we suffer out of that, 
if we can hang in there and, and persevere and not deny Christ, he said the glory that you are going to receive at the end is worth more or whatever we are suffering. I said the suffering is worth it all. It's worth that suffering if we are going to get that glory. For I record that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature, even the planet Earth, is waiting for this. Waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. So you can see that this plan of God is huge for mankind that he is recreating. So the whole creature, that this planet Earth, the whole universe is waiting for this. That's the creature. That is the He said the creature, the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. We are the sons of God that the heart is waiting for. Verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself, that is this planet earth, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That is, this planet earth is groaning because of the weight of sin, bloodshed that is upon the earth. Remember the story? The Bible says when Cain killed Abel in the garden, in the garden after the garden of Eden. Cain killed Abel. And God appeared and said, The blood of thy brother is crying unto me from the earth. That has opened up his mouth to receive the blood of thy brother from your ma- from your from you. So when there was blood shed on the earth, this earth that God created is holy. You see, this is spiritual things we are telling you right now. Don't think of it as just stones and dust. This is a spiritual thing. There's a spiritual representation of this planet earth in the presence of the spirit. So when blood shed, innocent are killed or not, this earth is groaning. For the blood, for the for the sin and iniquity that's going upon the earth, is the weight of sin is making the earth to groan. All the magnetic waves are groaning. So those are things we couldn't understand, but God is just saying it in a in a picture for us to so see that this earth is groaning because of the weight of sin that is happening upon it. See, they are waiting, God is saying, wait a little patiently because God is going to take care of this thing. Say that is what He said. He said in this verse, verse twenty-one. For the creature itself is made subject to bondage of corruption. Not willingly, verse 20 says, the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but reason of him, by reason of whom, by reason of him who has subject the same in hope. See, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. When only saints shall be living upon the earth, that's what he's talking about. But that is at the end, when Christ shall come, only only people will be living upon the earth, then there will be no innocent bloodshed, and the earth will be at peace. Because when, you remember, when Adam, when Cain sinned and killed Abel, the earth was cursed. When Adam sinned, the earth was cursed, that it shall not produce. So all of those causes are part of what is making the earth to grow. So, but there will be a deliverance for the planet earth also, that's why he's saying there, the earth shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. When only the holy people are living on earth, God will restore peace and the earth will be blessed. And that's what God is, what the Bible is saying right here in verse 21 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travileth in pain together until now. That was verse 22. Now, verse 23 says, Not only they, but ourselves also, that we who believe that are which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grow within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, 
to with the redemption of our body. Apostle Paul is saying, they also are waiting for the redemption of our body. What is the redemption of our body that he's talking about? That our body will be clothed with light in the end. It is that light, Shekinah glory of God, that he, we say Adam lost in the Garden of Eden, which Christ has restored and is going to restore to we saints of God of the Most High at the end. That is the light that shall make us immortal. Where we shall not be afflicted with diseases and sicknesses anymore forever, and there will be no more death. Which the book of Revelation chapter 21-22 described to us that that day is coming, coming soon. That is the redemption of our body that Apostle Paul is mentioning here. That our body will be redeemed from sins, from sicknesses, from diseases, from death, and we shall be glowing like light and we become immortal. That is the, the process. Say, well, people that died right now and they are buried, they are going to get a new body that will be in that state. We that are alive when Christ comes, our body will be changed to that new body that will live forever and be glowing. So that is really what the old apostle Paul said, we are all waiting for the redemption of our body right there. And that is coming soon and we are asking you to, to get prepared for this and begin to believe God for this and begin to live for God. Right now we are using our faith to resist sicknesses, to cast out devils that are causing pain and sicknesses upon the human body. We are using the power of the world to come. It's what Apostle Paul called in the book of Hebrews. So when we pray for ourselves and our body gets well, or we pray and cast devils out that are causing sickness and disease, we are using the power of the world to come to resist the sicknesses, to resist the diseases, to make our, our body live healthy. That is just temporary until that redemption of our body is, is brought to us in a new body, whether by translation in a rapture, or those who are going to be resurrected, they will get that new body. When they come out of paradise, they are going to get a new body. Verse 24. So for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it. Be patient, brother. Be patient, sister. Waiting for this redemption of our body. But now live for him so that you will be a partaker of that redemption of our body. Because if any man... He said, if any man turn back, say, my soul have no pleasure in him. But we are to keep looking, believing God, believing this word of God that it shall come to pass one day. He's coming, he's coming, folks. He's coming, bringing this new, this redemption of our body to we that are saved, we that are redeemed. And that is the hope that we have, that we are continuing to live for him, knowing that this thing will come to take place. What God said will happen, we happen. You say, it may take 1,000 years. God has been waiting for 6,000 years. We just came some... 1500 years ago, it's a small thing. God has been waiting for 6,000 years. He wants to get everybody that are going to be saved in. Because new people are coming to the world, being born and growing up, becoming teenager, adult, and then. But God is waiting to get more people in. And there will be a time when there will be no need for any more wit. And like you see in the book of Revelation, he says, Time no more. When God says it is time, it will be time. Because God knows how many spirits of human beings He sends to the world. And as long as they are still coming, God is still going to be waiting until he said, no more. That's why Jesus Christ said, no man will know the day or that only the Father. Because the Father is the Father of spirits. And is one that is dispensing us to the world. Is the Father that is dispensing. Just think like a dispensing. Dispensing our spirits into the world. Taking, we are coming to the world, taking soul from our Father, taking body from our mother, and coming to the world. And then we find ourselves in this dilemma where sin has dominated the world. God is coming, has come now to renovate us, giving us a new spirit 
individually as we come to the world and we know about it and we repent and we call upon Jesus Christ, we get a new, a recreated spirit because women must come to this world innocent. But when they begin to learn sin and they took particular of the sin, they become guilty also. So they also have to go through the same process that we all go through, through the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as the sacrifice for their sin. A new spirit, a new creation is made in them and they are new and they become a particular of this hope that you are talking about. But if they, if they, are, if they are innocent, well, immediately they were born. The Bible makes it clear that even little children, when they were born into this world, they could, they could, if they die before they get that date of accountability, they actually accepted into paradise. But if they do, if they do grow old to the point that they chose to follow sin, then they needed the salvation of, of Savior. But Christ has already died for the whole world. Those who have not known sin and they die in their, in, 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 uh, die in their mother's womb, they will be accepted into paradise because they are, the, the sacrifice has been done if they are human beings. But if they come to the one tasted of sin, they are lost. They have to now come to Christ through the same process of knowing that they are sinners and accepted the Messiah to, re, to, re, to recreate their spirit. So you can just give you some scenario here. But let's go further and see further what Apostle Paul is telling us in Romans chapter 8. Verse 26, likewise the Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, helps our infirmity, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That is, when we have the Holy Spirit in us, the speaking in tongues, the Holy Ghost can pray through us in the Spirit, speaking in tongues in another language, that only God understands. That is another way we pray, when we don't know what to pray for. Verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh an intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's why we always uh, encourage believers that have been filled with the Holy Spirit to pray in the spirit regularly. Pray in tongues regularly. Create a time for yourself. When you don't know what to pray for, just sit aside for a while. Start by 15 minutes just speaking another language to heaven for 15 minutes. Concentrate on the Lord Jesus Christ in your mind. And just pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. Then extend to sometime one hour, a day. And you begin to see your spirit, you will be edified. The Bible says, he that speaking on an unknown tongue, edified itself. So that is one way that you can use in prayer, that you make your prayer to be effective. And power possible giving us some hint here in verse 27, that the Spirit searched the anoint our what we need to pray for when we don't know what to pray for he, he prayed through us in verse 26 and 27 verse 28 he said for we know all that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose for whom he did follow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren so God has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of this of the son Jesus Christ those whom he has predestinated, he is calling. Moreover, verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, let's explain it to me because people have said, are we predestinated to go to heaven or to go to hell? Or is it your choice? The Bible is saying that God foreknows before we were born. Like I said, it is God that is dispensing our spirit to the world. And when you see again in verse 28, he said, verse 29, Romans chapter, he said, For whom he did foreknow. What does foreknow mean? 
you know us before we come to this world. The Bible gave many as many pointers in that. He told Jeremiah the prophet that I knew you before you were born. And before you are in your mother's womb. That means when he was just a spirit, he has not put on a, a, a impregnated flesh of, a, of, his, of his body in his mother's womb. Because he already ordained you to be a prophet. So which means we come from somewhere. We come from God. Our spirit comes from God. Now, that is we who are human beings. What about those who are called the serpents, the seed of Satan? Evidently, they are the seed of Satan that are not from the from the from the from the pack of humanity, and we, that's a different story. But let's just talk about we that are born again that are children of God. God said, "You know, before we were even in our mother's womb," and He said, "For whom He did foreknow, He foreknow." He also did predestinate us to be conformed to the image of his son, that Christ, his son, may be the firstborn among many brethren. So God has already planned that Christ will be the firstborn, and then we that have images of Christ will be children of God by adoption. That's his plan. So he predestinated us. So when we come to this world, he's just calling those whom he has predestinated. That's why Christ said, I know my sheep, and they hear my voice. So we are his sheep. If you are listening to this and you have not given your life to Christ because you just enjoy this teaching, if you are a sheep, you will hear, you will understand, you will believe, you will want to come to Christ. If you are not a sheep, you will be laughing at what you are saying because you don't really belong to Him. That's a different story. But if you are a sheep, He's calling up on your heart right now, asking you to come. And if you are a sheep of Christ and you are one leg in, one leg out, you are not serious, you better get serious. Because there will be a time when Christ said, even when you raise up, those who have their names in the book of life, if they don't make it, he will erase them from the book of life. So that should make you to be careful to walk this life. He said, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because Christ said he has eraser to erase names from the book of life. Because our names have been written in the book of life before the foundation of the world. Yet he said, lest I blot out your name out of the book of life. Which means, if you don't overcome, the names can be blotted out of the book of life. So that's to give us one that no, it's not like one save forever save. No, one save you can remain safe if you keep yourself to the principles of that you are teaching right now in the world and overcome all these temptations that will come in the end of the world. The greatest temptation is temptation to deny Christ. That is coming when the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, are come. That's the greatest temptation to deny Christ because of threat of death or threat of uh, not being able to buy or sell. Unless they take the mark, where God said, no more should take if you are a believer. So, that's the great temptation. It's coming at the end of the world. But you see, he that overcometh shall inherit all these things. And God will not blot out your name out of the book of life. So, that is what Christ is saying. So, that's why we are saying, those whom he predestinated, he has, conform, he has call, he's calling us, he has already predestinated us to be conformed to his image. Then we are, he's telling us to follow this precept, follow these teachings, teachers and you will overcome because they are teaching you how to stand to the end those whom he predestinated he called so you are called to be a saint you are called to be a Christian you that have accepted the call are the ones that are now born again that's what he said verse 30, 30 that we are reading Romans chapter 8 verse 30 them he also called and them whom he called he justified you mean what, what, what is my justification justified means that all the former sins they are eliminated forgiven he said he does not impute our sins unto us. In the old world, he has already done that for the old world. He's not imputing their sins unto them. He's just saying, come. So we that come, that have accepted this calling, is justifying us. 
But those that didn't accept it, their sins are still with them. Even though God has already said He's no more imputing the sins of the world upon them, but because they have not accepted the call, their sin is still with them. When they accept the call, the sin in their life drops off. That's just the way to put it. Just think of somebody that is wearing a baggage of uh, a, 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 a baggage of trash on his neck. He does not know it, but there's a, a baggage of trash, poo, all those dirty things that are hanging upon his neck. And the call is calling to him, come. Once they come to the Messiah, that baggage just fell off of their neck and that baggage rolled away. But if they don't come, that baggage stays with them. So that is really what it is. Christ is saying, then he call justify. Once you come and accept the call, you are justified. That means the baggage of sin just fell off from you. And those whom he justified, he glorified. What is the glorified? The glorified is the one that we are talking about in the end. We are going to be glorified and live in the glory of God that Adam lost. And it's only saying that we are already glorified. So those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. So it's a confession of faith. We are glorified. Verse 31. What shall we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spare not his own son, but delivered in hope for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Christ is the Son of God. God gave, him, gave up his son so that we can live. Now we can ask anything because that's the greatest thing. He has given us the greatest thing. What is the small thing that we ask that you don't give to us? Just live for him and you give you everything that you ask. So if, you are, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. So that's the same thing he's saying here. So he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He has given us the greatest things. So what can you ask now that he can even give to you? What can you ask? Is anything greater than giving his own son? So I need money, I need food, and he will give it to you. Just walk in the path that he has laid out for us, following the righteousness of Christ. He said, abide in me and my word abide in you. Then you can ask whatever you will. It shall be done unto you. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? That's Romans chapter 8 verse 32. But as I say, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies us. Now, don't let the devil condemn you for things that you have done in the past or so. And if you are still having anything that is still in, the, in, the, in your life, that is not right, get rid of it. And be clear in your conscience towards God. And towards him will be men. When you are like that, say, who is still going to lay anything to your charge? God has justified you. I know when you are formerly a prostitute, God has justified you, you are no more a prostitute. That was not you. That was a, a person that was buried underwater. Tell the person that's telling you that, that you are no more that person that they used to know. You are no more that drug dealer they used to know. You are no more that uh, uh, homosexual they used to know. You have been washed, you have been born again. When you, have been, when you have come to Christ and you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, you have to confess it, you have to believe, you have to walk in that same narrow road. And God says you are justified. Verse 34. So who is he that condemned it? It is Christ that died and raised, rise risen from the dead. Who is at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, Christ is making intercession for us. For the past sins that is done there. But if you make any offending mistake, Christ is there in making intercession for you. As long as you are repentant, you have a remorse. When you say make some offense, you have feel a remorse in yourself. Yes, Lord, forgive me. And he said you are forgiven. That's the intercession is making for you. Anything that you fall into, just be remorseful 
and ask for God forgiveness and you are clean. But if you keep the indulging in it, God sees the heart, you see. You are not dealing with man, you are dealing with the Almighty God who sees the heart. So that's why you have to be remorseful when you are falling to offense. That's why Apostle John in his letter said, if, if any of us sin, we have an advocate with the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous. And if you confess your sin, it's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That is the principle right now that you have been born again. But God is seeing your heart, whether you are secretly indulging in that sin. Then you are, you are willingly committing offense. See, if you willfully sin, there is no more sacrifice for sin for you. So that's why I say God is washing your heart. It is not like, uh, well, are you perfect now? You don't fall into any offense. If you fall into any sin, your spirit in you will grieve you. And you should be remorseful. And ask for forgiveness immediately. And the Lord will wash you. Say He is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So He is ready to, that's why He is making intercession. He is making intercession for us before the Father. So, but He knows your heart whether you are willfully doing this sin. Or you are just you are just falling into it because the devil can still make people fall into things and they want to accuse you before God. But God sees you whether you are still willfully indulging in it, or the devil just push you and then the Lord will stand for you and then he will cleanse you and give you more strength so the devil can't push you anymore into that mud. See? Because the devil is rolling in the mud and looking for somebody he can smear with his muddy hand to make you dirty. That's all the devil is doing for those who are saints, trying to make you dirty. He's, the devil is, I saw a vision one time where one dirty man that is rolling in the mud was trying to come towards me with his muddy hand and Jesus Christ told me to stand firm. And I stood firm to resist him. Because that's all the devil wants to, to use his hand to just muddy your cloth. And that will make you unclean for a while until you wash it off. Also. So you have to stand firm and resist the devil steadfast in the faith. That is what it is. What is this mud they're talking about? All these evil thoughts, evil ideas, sinful behavior, sinful thoughts, they will try to throw it to your mind too. Try to throw it to you. Don't let it stick. Wash it off from you. And that is the, that is the resistance you have to put off any time they will try to throw any mud at you in any form. And that's why I say, if you fall into any of those, Christ is faithful to wash you clean with his blood. And he's pleading, interceding for us. That is, I'm explaining that to you to make you to see what Apostle Paul is saying here. That we see that condemning us, we are no more under any condemnation. Once you confess your sins, Christ washes you clean and he knows whether you are still indulging in it or you are pushed by the, by the devil. And the devil, God will now give you strength so that the devil can't push you anymore. He says, stand firm in this, in this word of God. This word of God is what's going to keep you, you use it to resist the devil. Quote the Bible verse you are quoting here, where the sin shall not have dominion over me. That's how you resist the devil. That my body is not for iniquity. My members are instruments of righteousness unto God. As you confess it, the devil will run off because the word of God you are confessing is a sword that's that stand in the way of the devil that's bringing bring those thoughts to your mind or bringing this suggestion through some friends. You say what the Bible says and the devil runs off. That is how we overcome the devil. And you have to do that constantly till the end. Until we go out of here, we are going to resist the devil steadfastly till the end. That's what the Bible says. First and first, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or so? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. That is, there will be persecution. When the devil sees that this man is steadfast, I can't make him sin, he may come and try to kill you through the unbeliever that just don't like Christians. And say, we are not going to be afraid of that either. 
Because they will try to say, deny your Jesus or be killed. You see, we are not going to be afraid of that either. Why? Because we know where we are going. We are not going to deny Christ. Pastor Sam will say, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus alone. So God has planted his love into our heart. And it is that love of God that is driving us, that is motivating us. That love of God is what makes us live for him and want to live for him. And that love of God is what you should be proclaiming and that will make you to live for Christ and not want to get yourself into the mud of the enemy again. You don't want the mud, the sin, the behaviors of the world anymore in your life. It is the love of God. That love of God is shared according to her by the Holy Ghost and just thank God for that love and you are an overcomer. God bless you. I pray that now, Lord, that all the people that are listening, that they will begin to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We go further to the next chapter in the next broadcast. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry. Box 71027 Phoenix, Arizona 85050 On the internet is www.gospeldistribution.org Turn us again next week. God bless you.